Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Liam and I'm here with my co-host George. Hello team music, I'm keeping it, don't take it away from me. <laughs> and Grant. Hello there music fans. You can say if you want her to stop doing team music you'll have to come up with something better. So uh, every episode of Flawless, a host or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless and we discuss how they discovered it, what they love about it and what makes it flawless for them. We have a Facebook group. It's called Flawless Friends and Family, and it's where we discuss all things music that we love and that you love, and we post in there about upcoming episodes and what albums are nominated, except this time because I forgot. You can find the link in our show notes. And of course, we have a Patreon. You can back us from as little as $1 a month, and you get early access to all of our episodes, access to our bonus episodes, and that warm, fuzzy feeling inside that you're helping us spread the flawless love. You can find us at patreon.com slash flawlessamp. Ta-da! Thanks, Liam. Canned Thank intro you, finished. Liam. Everybody feeling relaxed, comfortable, good to go. Uh, scolded, partially. Scolded. <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> a little bit off. Know, yeah. At least you got the Facebook name right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in this podcast, this evening, this afternoon, this morning, whenever you happen to be listening, we have a guest. Yes. Would you like to introduce yourself, our welcome guest? Hi, everybody. My name is Joe Woolley. Uh, I'm, uh, I have a music management business called Alien Lane Management. And uh, I look after some Brisbane bands, uh, Scream Feeder and Tape Off. Woohoo! Um, there love you those go. guys. Cool, love them. Man. I have their vinyl. Yes. Yep. We've got another couple of projects. We've got, a, we've got a, a band called the Valerie Trails that was half a US and, and half an Australian band, but they're all back in Australia now. They've got a new record out. They're about to go on tour. And uh, when Tim Stewart and friends... Uh, delve off into this side project we all want to then i i get the job of managing that as well so that's really fantastic uh where can people find out more about alien lane management and what you're up to uh really just the facebook page Mm -hmm. should be a link from any of the band pages and uh yeah yeah but it's all it's all about the bands it's not you know it's not a big fancy company no all good so can i ask you like these bands are relatively those screen feeder have been around for a while Mm -hmm. and but what, what were you up to before you were doing this management company? Well, I've, I've always done this since about 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that I came into Screen Feeder later on uh, when I was already working with Wheel Want To and there would be a clash every now and then. So I said, maybe you should let me look after your bookings. And then it, <laughs> it uh, progressed from there. Um, so I've, I've always done it, but it's always been a, a part-time side project type of thing. And always in Brisbane? Yeah. There you go. Nice. nice. Yeah. Love it. So cool. and you are four triple Z at Screen Feeder I before was. you were here today. There was, a, uh, there was a community radio event in the car park. Mm-hmm. And, Which uh, are classics. They are classics. And so Screen Feeder belted out some songs. You... If you were listening to Triple Z tonight, you would have heard them. If you were in any of the apartment buildings nearby, you would have heard <laughs> them. <laughs> so I don't even know Triple Z had a car park. It's yeah. on that yeah, little they, island in the middle there. I'm not have... sure there's any cars that park in there, yeah. but I guess people put their skateboards there or yes. something. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there's um, bikes usually. Like, cause I used to do volunteering at Triple Z and people used to put their bikes up yeah. against the railings. So that's exciting. Cool. But yeah, so, uh, so basically you are... a Still what the Brisbane music scene. I That's have it. seen a few things. Yeah. I can't remember most of them, but I've seen a lot of things. Perfect. Nice. Would you like to tell us what album you're nominating today? Tonight, well, today's album is a, probably a, not a well-known album, but it's from a, an American band called The Wrens. And the album is The Meadowlands, Meadowlands, uh, from 2003. <laughs> There is 
for people with too much time on their hands, uh, a, a very interesting backstory to both mm. the band yes. and the record. This, this album there in is. Yeah. Um, love a good, we love a, we love a good backstory. It wasn't released until, until 2005 in the UK and Germany. Mm-hmm. So there was a whole two-year gap between going over the pond. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hiatus. No. Yeah, wasn't. but it was... Um, it was I think it had about a 9.5 or a 9.7 rating on Pitchfork and it sold mm-hmm. about 100,000 copies in the US, mm-hmm. much to the absolute surprise of everybody, yeah. including the record company. Because mm. um, it took them four <clears throat> years to do this record. It took them seven. So their, their oh, last wow. one came out in 1996, mm-hmm. Caucus, yeah. which was kind of the last gasp of the kind of pop punky incarnation of the band. And then... Mm-hmm. They hid away and uh, worked on this and then reworked on it and then reworked on it and kept working on it for seven years until it was flawless. Nice. Wow. Smooth. I like the way he <laughs> that was a so good, yeah. led that one there. The, nice. So, The Meadowlands is the third and final studio album by indie rock band The Wrens, released by Absolutely Kosher Records on September 9th, 2003, and then in the UK two years Later on September 19, 2005. Um, yeah, recording the album originally began in January 1999, but writer's block and a loss of faith in the tracks they recorded meant the band took four years to complete it, with many songs being rewritten and scrapped. So four years, but seven years bef- seven since they released. Gap, yeah, yeah. Seven years gap. You guys yeah. have done your research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you first encounter the Wrens? Uh, I think it might have been around 2005, and it was recommended to me by someone in America mm-hmm. uh, on the basis of I was listening to, and I can't remember what I was listening to and they said have you heard this record have you heard this song Happy and I went I've never heard of the band I've never heard of the record so I got it electronically because at that stage you couldn't buy it on vinyl mm-hmm. I still don't have a copy on vinyl but I have a CD finally that I picked up in America and uh, I reckon I, I think I've listened to it Maybe a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred times. Yeah, nice. Trying to figure it out. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Even yeah. not worrying yeah, about yeah, the backstory yeah. at all. There's a lot going on there, just purely on the album as well. It's yeah. Yeah. Well, they he takes does, a lot of unpacking. He doesn't even sing about like having that one song like for eight years down in one of the out one of the traps mm-hmm. so um like even things about the writer's block yeah yeah i've we've I've, there's other bands who've done that before it's like we're going to try and do something get frustrated and angry at it and then just write music about how frustrated and angry they are that they can't write music it's kind of like the easiest way to break writer's block is to just sing about writer's block yeah well we'll, we'll get to that song yeah. because that is a yeah that is a, there's an interesting backstory to that one if you mm. don't know it as well so, so yeah so the four of them were living in a house all together originally and then drummer Jerry McDonald got married and had to move out of the house. Broke up the band. Bit of a Yoko Ono thing going on there. Selfish. Yeah. yeah. So selfish. I don't just, think just it's Yoko married, Ono. Break the band. He just got married to someone. She didn't come in. Like, <laughs> well, we don't know that. He no, it is a very... And, and also they kept doing stuff after it happened. So the, that's and not, the rest of them stayed Yoko ono in the house. Yes. For the was, entire time. Yeah. <laughs> And it was recorded, so it was recorded in the house. It was they didn't go to studios or any of that sort of stuff. They were just and like they're in New Jersey, so they have a lot to complain about. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, in um in two thousand and four, so um the Wrens are Charlie Charles Bissell on guitar and vocals, Greg Whelan on guitar and vocals, Greg's brother Kevin on bass and vocals, and Jerry McDonald on drums. So I think originally Greg and Charles were friends in school, and they sort of started something. And then they got sort of Kevin on there as well. And then Jerry came along a bit after that. But and Kevin went on in the hiatus and released a solo album mm-hmm. um, under the title Aeon Station. December last year. And it is a fantastic record as well. Mm. Observatory. Was nearly one of your nominations for, for the for I haven't lived with it long enough, but yep. uh, again, I've, I've played it a lot. Mm. And initially I was a little bit underwhelmed. But again, the more you the more you play it the the in different contexts, the more that it sort of starts to unfold for you. So um, Well you can say that they're kind of like a lo fi band because and Aeon Station and the album Observatory neither have a Wikipedia entry. Mm-hmm. It's referred to in the Rens 
but it's not referred to. It doesn't actually have an entry of itself. So it's just like, poor Kevin. <laughs> like, he was like bassist in this band um, and released a solo thing. And he said that it was some of his like, best stuff that he wrote for the Rens that they never got around to recording. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see when Charles puts the other half of the uh, record that was never released out under... Uh whatever name he comes up with. Oh, that'll be exciting. It will. So speaking of Charles, yeah, he got a, I had a quote. We did spend a couple of years dealing with lawyers and labels. After we released an EP in 97, we were at a plateau with that music. We weren't moving forward anymore. We were sort of exhausted. I'd lost perspective and didn't know what was good anymore and I couldn't write. We needed to crank out another album but weren't sure why. There seemed to be no end in sight because every song sucked, every idea was bad and we didn't know what to do. So they... But from what I understand, from what I read, is like they took a lot of that material, even still, like they wrote some new songs for the album, but they still took some of that material and then used it and laid it and did stuff with it. On yeah, the I, I believe well. they just deconstructed it mm-hmm. and, you know, even used the original drum tracks because you can hear there's just no, the lowest of lo-fi mm, on the drum yeah, tracks. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So they had um, no money, no budget at all. There no. was no, they weren't having a label you know, giving the money to do stuff. So it was just recording when they could. And yeah, they had countless overdubs just laying layers, layers, layers. And that eventually led to it, you know, decaying. And that gives it that lo-fi sort of sound to it as well. It does. Because their first album is on one of my favourite records labels of all time, which is Saddle Creek Records, which is like bright eyes and stuff. And so, Hmm. um, and again, it's referenced in the lyrics, um, which we'll get to. Uh, so, yeah, so um, this one came out on a record label where I had no idea of any of the other bands, um, but they still had such acclaim when it came out um, that they like, referenced um, the record labels and management before them that they missed out on or they missed, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was really interesting. George, Hello. had you heard of the Wrens before it got dropped into the group chat? No, I'd not heard of the Rents. Um, so um, it would have been like in 2005 when it came out, um, that would have been in my Bright Eyes era. So it would have been on my radar, um, but it never showed up in my radar. So um, no, like musically, it was in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't happen for one reason but or another. It didn't happen, no. Um, so I guess... I can't think of any of the songs that would have been played on the radio. Yeah. I hadn't heard them before. So it was a completely new listen for me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't find anything that was singles released from it either. It didn't It didn't feel mm-hmm. like they went on a big thing of like singles and B-sides. They were just sort of, you know, they're probably so exhausted. It's like, thank God it's over. Just listen to it and we're done. Take it. Take yeah. it away. Just take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Well, I, I like that thing that it's presented as a as a complete piece of art. Mm, yeah. And you start at the beginning and you finish at the end and you then go, what the hell was that? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Never heard of them. Never heard of them, yeah. I was, I don't know, multiple years into uni. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, so th- either 2003, 2005. Yeah. Well, it didn't even go to South Africa. No, I didn't know. No. Wouldn't have thought it would have got there at all, yeah. No. So, so yeah, there was, a lot of, um, there was a lot of stuff on there about yeah, the ratings, like you said, from Pitchfork. Lots of people rated it quite well, but didn't chart didn't have any sort of chart or sales or anything like that didn't i definitely don't remember hearing anything on the radio in australia like i was listening to george a dedicated at 2005 if they'd been played at all i definitely would have heard them so and i'm the same i'd never i the name is vaguely familiar like maybe the kind of band that bands talk about sometimes is like oh yeah you've mm. got to check these guys out or you know when they're on rage they might play a clip or something like that but yeah i'd never heard of them a song or anything like that okay so it starts mm-hmm. with outside noises like crickets. Yeah, crickets. Crickets, like Twitter birds. Yeah. Like literally it starts and the album artwork is like a cabin in the woods. Yeah, Yeah, cabin in the woods in in sepia tones. Mm -hmm. And so um when it starts with like outside noises, it like made perfect sense that they it felt like they were out in a cabin recording mm. this lo fi album. Yeah, when you I assume it was that wasn't the actual house that they were living in, like I assume it was I doubt a bit it. nicer. But the, yeah, it gives you album, that vibe straight away of like these just guys mm. just almost like they just flicked the switch to start recording <laughs> and then just started playing. And the cover has a little bit of a you know, REM murmur vibe to it mm-hmm. that provides a little visual clue that maybe there's some intelligence at work here. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. And the guitar strumming comes in, um, and then the vocals come in. But there's a silence for like thirty seconds um, before the guitar strums like four times. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but oh, they've like there's it's like a minute twenty two. Mm-hmm. Like it's not yeah, a long super song. Yeah, super short song. But it's, it's got lyrics in it, and I'm nowhere near what I dreamed I'd be. I can't believe what life had done to me. Lyric buddies. Lyric buddies. Second line. Yeah. <laughs> Been there. That's what I wrote. Was been there. And then the crickets and the frogs after that. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's so short, so it just goes straight to that. Which carries on into happy. Yeah. Before we do that, though, so that's Jerry McDonald's song. That's the drummer who got married and left the house. Selfish. And his his whole thing is because the bit before that is he's got a wife and kid. So it's he's singing about his own situation of like having almost been drawn away from the band and the comfortable environment he was in by going away and getting married and having a kid. But it's literally the only song he wrote on the whole album. It was just like, here's this little thing of me. House so, that guilt built. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Which way? This is the Ringo song, but it's a good one. Yeah. Mm. Yes. It's short, but it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's it is. Thematically, I mean, if you want to read anything into the record, there's a lot of, obviously, disappointment and, uh, you know, facing of men... Going into middle age and having feeling like they've wasted their lives and because they were th- yeah. they were thirty five at the time, mm. which is younger than I am now, so I'm not accepting middle aged. But how long you lost? I mean, so you, you, you put two albums out and you're living with your four friends in one house and you're twenty five and twenty six when they come out and you're like, this is going to be great. We're going to be friends forever. I remember that feeling of friends forever, living in a house with all my mates. And then, like, you think it's just going to be like that way forever. And I wasn't even in a band. I was just, like, really good mates. And then people start moving out. And it feels really disconsolate of, like, these people leaving. You thought, you know, obviously, realistically, you knew it wasn't going to be forever. But something in the back of your head was like, oh, maybe you'll just be, it'll just be comfortable like this forever. I could not and then, wait to get out of shared houses because mm. people kept leaving cereal on bowls. <laughs> and, uh, they, and it goes to, like, cement. Yeah. And it just doesn't come off. Oh, yeah. Shared houses are the worst. But, like, <laughs> So like there's a romanticism you're, you're 26 it. and there's romanticism and you've got a band and you're probably touring it's and you've got two long. albums under your under your belt and you think this is going to be great we're going to be you know a couple more like this will probably be superstars and then nine years go by and you've just got what have you done you've got like no, nine nothing. years nothing yeah it's a long they, time. They like this is in that yeah. period as well like, yeah well we'll get to the song 13 grand yeah um, <laughs> oh, and it's a nice one too yeah <laughs> Yeah, but um, you talked about the song Happy. Yes. Well, Happy the was, one that was led you. Happy was the, the key for me because um, it's a pretty long song mm. and uh, it's obviously pretty bitter. Yes. Because it's, it's, it's not. A, it's a breakup song. Actually, yep. about being happy. Ha- being happy, <laughs> right? I know. It's like it, it, is a, a, it tricks you, right? You think it could be happy, um, but then it is misleading. <laughs> It's misleading until, so right through the song, you know, the, the band are kind of stumbling. It's not mm-hmm. really together. It's not, mm-hmm. musically, it's not really together at all. And then it gets to that sort of outro and there's a pause and they come back in and the guitars come back in and they're, they're weaving. Yeah. And nice guitar at the really end well. I've written. Yeah. yeah. And it's all back to me. And it's all back to me and it's, <laughs> and it all comes into focus and it's, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. And, and that. That swirling, not a shoegaze, but something that maybe lives a couple of suburbs away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought that was incredible. I, I, I just thought... remember playing it over and over going, and what is this? He lifts up his vocals in the second half, so he's almost belting them and bellowing them in the second yeah. half. So there's that, that confidence again. It's like, oh, you know, maybe a bit in your shell at the start of the song. Oh, we're not quite nailing mm-hmm. it. And time. then something nails in the second half and you just lift up into that second half. But considering it came out in 2003, um, it had a real 90s vibe to it. Mm. Like It's like they'd not finished their, finishing the their albums in the past and they came and they carried on. And it was like this album could have been the following album to the previous one. Mm. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so it had that real 90s vibe. But it did have the lyrics of... Which sets the tone for the mm. album, I yeah. think. Yeah. Like, 
like there's a lot of ex-girlfriend stuff in yes. here. Yes, <laughs> there really is. Um, that, I don't know. Mm. I, I don't understand it because you know three guys living in a share house in a swamp. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what girl yeah. wouldn't jump at the chance yeah. to get involved with, a, with that? With a nine-year gap in albums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But he starts shouting, "I'll be all right." Mm. And you're like, oh, are you though? <laughs> Will you be? Like, he's determined to fool himself into yeah, it. Yeah. If he sings it loud enough, it might be true. Absolutely, yeah. But so yeah, that is like a long song. So it's five and a half minutes. Mm. Um, but like it tells, it sets the scene for the album. Any songs that you we, we don't normally go through them one by one. So we you got any ones no, that I mean, there's, really there's, like? There's various songs that I think are. <clears throat> important on the record that certainly this boy is exhausted is mm-hmm. is one that um that's a party time yeah and it was written musically. as a, yeah. as a yeah. musically yeah, yeah. Musically. Was, you know the story goes that they were you know there's there's an A&R guy who went on to sign a whole lot of famous bands and they you know he was saying to them you got to write a you got to write a single mm-hmm. and they just they were fed up and they yeah. wrote that as and an appeasement pl- sort of thing. They played it to him and he sat there fuming and just went, <laughs> get out, we're done. But it has yeah. one moment of lift where he sings... like this one moment where he's like playing a gig this mm. is where everything feels fine again yeah but yeah. the rest of the song is just a downer yeah, yeah. yeah. don't mm. don't make me you know don't make me write about what you know yeah it's yeah. not worth writing yeah this yeah is, that's what he says is what i know it's not worth writing i can't tell a hit from hell like, i just can't yeah. yeah it's the one where he says like it's the one song in eight years mm. like he references that in this particular track but there's like a solo in it then, like, I don't know whether it was the organ or harmonica playing over the solo, um, but it was like a really nice sound um, uh, during the end of the track. So, yeah, yeah. which I, I like, there are synths um, or organ like sounds in this album, but because the Wikipedia entry is so like, mm. va- like, Sparse. Sparse. Yeah. Um, it's sparse. It doesn't tell you like all of the different instruments people played and, and all of the different um, contributors and all that kind of jazz. Mm. However, Joe has the actual compact disc, Line which is miracle of digital. <laughs> um, uh, which so may. You're doing very well. Well, I'm wearing. So Joe, do you reckon the... like they they with the A and R guy there and they've done the song? Do you reckon they just were scared to step to the line and and cross like the Rubicon or what are you going to call it? I don't think it was fear. I think it was absolute anger and frustration. And apparently the song did not sound like that when they played it for him. Yeah. It was loud and it was yeah, it was pretty obnoxious. And it's like, we're fed up with you. And he's just gone. We're done. Done. We're, That's the we're story. Bro. And then it, it, I think, and I'm making a leap yeah, here, sure, but I imagine that through the process of picking out the you know the, the the one or two pieces out of the thousand piece jigsaw puzzle that this record was, that that it changed shape and it changed tone, and it changed atmosphere pretty significantly to to get to that that resigned and that not hopeless as George said it's, it's that 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 spark of when we when we when we just play music. It's fantastic, but this industry bullshit, I'm not I'm having any over of it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I so, can't tolerate it, I won't. It's not, that's not me. Like, even on CD, um, it just has recorded mix January 99 to January 2003 in our <laughs> wow. living room on yeah. 16-bit ADATS by Pedal Boy. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, Pe- yeah, Pedal Boy came up a couple of times and I wasn't sure if that was like a real person or just a, gnome, a name they gave to the four of them just doing their own thing. But they don't have um, the additional, like, um, instrument for anything, it just has the um, that artist, yeah. Um, but it has for Sheila Bissell, that's nice, uh, Jean Willen and Rich McDonald. So that's dedicated. So they haven't named the instruments or anything that's played, but they have a dedication. Oh, yeah. 
Because oh. I, yeah, I got what they do in the band from the w- top level Wikipedia page, not the actual on the Wiki page on the, because they would get that off the same thing. Yeah. So I got that who does what off the top of the Wrens page, not off the album page because it didn't list anything. Because I think they, I, I assume it was just the four of them. I don't think they brought think in someone to play keys. I think they just found a keys and one of them would have played it. Yeah. But it, yeah. It's it would be Charles. Just, yeah. It would be Charles sitting in there playing. Mm-hmm. God knows what instruments yeah. over and over and taking two seconds of this. Mm-hmm. And for any of those people out there that are scarred from ADATs from the 90s, that is an awful, awful technique. <laughs> <laughs> awful. Uh, can I just point out, at least in the next track, they, they set you up because it's called Hopeless. And mm. it's like they, they're like going, okay, we've accepted our fate on this album now. And so instead of pretending that she sends kisses or that we're happy, um, we are going, this is hopeless. But it's got really fun piano, mm. but the vocals mm. are sweet but almost spitting. Um, and it's definitely angry at an ex. Um, so, uh, yeah, like um, going down that theme again. So it's like an up beat tune with downbeat lyrics but I said it could be really good live and that's a question we haven't asked is mm. have you well, ever seen them live? No I don't think they they might have played a handful of shows in yeah. the last 20 years every now and then you see something where Charles would do, do something in Brooklyn or whatever but no. It didn't feel like they toured off this album like I think it was a really like we've got this it's done We'll start getting out. Maybe some local touring, that sort of, maybe I, US. I th- but I think they toured in America. Yeah. Um, because it, it did sell a lot of records. And mm. absolutely, Kosher was a tiny label. Yeah. You know, there was a one-man label that the guy was a fan. He said, I'll put your record out. You won't have to deal with any major label bullshit. And yeah. Pitchfork at that point was enormously powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're, they're getting thousands of thousands of orders I yeah. very you know he didn't have the money to yeah. impress yeah. so oh wow yeah so so it's a bit of a you know it is a bit of a hard luck story mm. but um at least they got to put it out the way they feels like they wanted to put it I, out I think I so I think yeah so. right and there's a whole dose of you know it's a concentrated dose of regret and despair mm-hmm. but you know for times when you feel like that you put that on you go Things what aren't, things aren't bad for me. A concentrated <laughs> dose of what and, and oh, regret, despair. Despair. regret despair. and despair. Nice. No. Jeez. Yeah. So that hopeless now, one. I you say sure. concentrated, but it's fifty-eight minutes long, so that's pretty fucking <laughs> could long. Have been, yeah. Could have been more concentrated. That's for <laughs> sure. Yeah. So um, I couldn't tell if hopeless was a breakup, like just a general anger song, or a breakup with a partner song, or a record label song, because he sings. Yeah, nice. So the first three lines of that is like it could be either way, Mm. but you don't think about a romantic breakup as in every half-ass offer. Like that didn't that felt like a record or some music industry involvement. So I wasn't sure if, but it might have just been general anger. In in, I feel it's self-directed. Yeah, well, could be. Yeah, it could be. You know, you you every half-ass offer you got was your fault and that sort of thing as well. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. So like he, yeah, he he expels quite a lot of anger mm. yeah. in the album that there are certain moments of introspection that come through. Mm. Mm. Grant, yes. any double tick songs from your Oh, 13 Grand. 13 Grand. Nice. Hi. So there you go. It's a softer, like that acoustic number. Yeah, and, like, nice. Sort of the violin piano sort of thing. Yeah. guitar slow. And, and boys, boys, you won't. Um, bit of an epic, I've said. Mm. Drum little, sticks in the background there. And drum stick, yeah. And there's little guitar flourishes. Um, but um, he says the lyrics that I think I felt in the past. It's like 
Okay, yeah. yeah. Like, Liam's <laughs> never had a breakup, so he doesn't understand these sorts of things. We never, I've never had a divorce. I've never had a oh. I've had a breakup. Oh, you've had a breakup? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought, no, but you've never had acrimonious ones. No, no. I've only had one breakup. Oh, yeah. and then you married the love of your no, life. And I married the second one, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I don't want that to happen again, so we'll just go. <laughs> <laughs> so just marry the next one. Yeah. Um, That's all right. But yeah, like, um, like to be in the mindset of like moving on is not fair. Like, mm. is um, like a really interesting like perspective to be in. I think it's it's quite a. In many ways, it's quite a selfish record. It's very inward-looking. It is very if definitely, yeah, for sure. This is this is a me. This is the internal dialogue. Yeah. How did I get here? Which yeah. obviously finishes yeah. the record. Yes. Um, so other songs that I I don't know. I mean, all of those songs they're all they're all really important. But mm. but the other one that really stuck out to me was, you know, everyone takes sides with. Mm-hmm. Particularly when I first heard it, that super distorted guitar. Where you go, that's it's got to be a mistake. It's, it's got claustrophobic. <laughs> it made me feel claustrophobic. That little guitar wobbling at the start. I'm like, yeah, right. Oh, it's giving me shivers. Ooh. Like, what is going? What are they? And then it breaks out of that to sort of do a bit of expansive. Big it's chorus, got, yeah. It's got that tiny little bit of uh, you know keyboard synthesizer, whatever it is, crystal clear. Yeah. So straight away you go, oh, that distortion is deliberate. Is a choice. Oh. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And that song is, that's the manifesto. That's mm-hmm. the, to me, that's the, the, the kind of essence of, of the record is, you know, which side are you on? Mm. You know, we've spent all this time, wasted all this money in this shitty house in yeah. the Meadowlands <laughs> to make this record. Yeah. You better choose sides. Because this is where he actually acknowledges that. So, and yeah. he's like... He says uh, he's done all these things. He's living on 13 grand um, in a year, which is nothing. Um, And he's looking at it and going, well, at 35, he makes a good 17-year-old because that's the kind of mindset he's in, going, like, that's how a 17-year-old would live in Mm -hmm. a shared house with these dreams of, like, making it big as a band, um, losing all of his girlfriends, which he names in later songs. Yes. Um, But, like, yeah. And so he's got the mindset of saying, I'm 17 years old. Um, And that was, like, clarity for me. Yeah, I think... As much as it's like self-deprecating and he occasionally says some stupid stuff like it's not fair for you to move on, I think that he's also self-aware enough to know that's a bad thing as well. Like he's mm-hmm. not going, he doesn't genuinely 100% believe it's terrible for them to move on, but he's like almost like this is what I feel in the moment and I'm sure later I'll think it's a stupid thing to think, but I'm just going to put into that song. Like he felt self-aware enough to not go, are you really saying that? Like it's, mm-hmm. yeah. There's really good guitar in that one. So there's a big chorus. In which one? Because I think you're sorry, about and everyone chooses that. Okay, cool. Um, mm. So there's um, the dual guitars yeah, play different high parts at the end. Yeah, they dual lines, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that comes really nice. And then it goes soft, but it has a big lift at the very end. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it's like a like a ebb and flow kind of track. And that, that those pauses, those. You know, if you silence. break down the structure, it's it's an inconsistent structure. It's not mm-hmm. a, there's very little conventional songwriting on this record. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, all yeah. it's all parts. Mm-hmm. You can tell it's been assembled out of things. Yeah, be hard to play. But that one in particular, there's there's pauses, there's different numbers of bars, there's stops mm-hmm. and starts and bits that repeat and. You're, it keeps you slightly off balance. You know it's a big rock song, mm-hmm. but it's just, just twisted enough to, to mm. be, you know, unexpected. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so talking of drums, um, I really love drum clicks, like at the beginning of a track, mm. because mm. you don't need it because you're set to a click track or whatever, usually. So you don't need it. But in boys, you won't. There are eight drum clicks yeah. at the very beginning going into the messy synthy yeah into... the wailing siren and feedback and just absolutely yeah. mm, with piano t- and drums coming in That's so good. yeah with and the vocals sound really sweet so it's another about zex moving on um and 
uh, yeah, but the vocals lift and he gets angrier mm -hmm. like with it um, and moves through. But um, it ends with lots of oohs, uh, love and ooh, um, and uh, love and ooh, love and ah, that sort of thing. And love the drum clicks with the piano as the outro. So like, Boys You Won't was a song I really enjoyed. It's got some, the vocals reminded me of Granddaddy. Like mm -hmm. that, that high pitch, but like slightly warbling and slightly at the start. And then when he lifts it into the angry side, mm -hmm. it's different. But yeah, hearing that first bit made me, really made me feel like Granddaddy. And he says... Um, like, yeah. like <laughs> he's living this like self deprecating lifestyle mm -hmm. and like ends up alone and he's that he's still singing about it because he can on a record that gets high acclaim it's not overly optimistic is it yeah. no. <laughs> no i no, wouldn't say wouldn't. he's a cheery fella no. but i i would say they, some of the music is when you say fella Musically. they all they all like the three of them not the drummer so much but the, the other three of them all wrote songs yeah like it sounds like it could be one person singing or you know it feels like it could be coming from one person but it is three different guys doing lots of different songs. But so they're all of, living in the same fucking house. They're feel, yeah. feeling the same emotions, yeah. Sure. Like it doesn't jump around a lot like in the styles or anything. Yeah. Um, I really like 13 Months in Six Minutes. Isn't that a song? Yeah, yeah right. So it's like that softer, slower one. Um, sort of, It's almost a bit of like a summary song from the rest of the album. So he talks about Faster Guns, which is one of the songs from earlier. Yeah, I'll reference that as well. I'll yeah. Pick it up. And then there's a bit of a break in the middle and there's a bit of a time jump. To jump ahead, so they he sort of when we first meet and we're sort of making plans, everything's gonna be great, and then they jump ahead, and it's like she's like, I'm actually not making plans with you, I've got my own plans, and I'm yeah. gonna go and do my own thing. I'm at the airport for an hour, that's yeah. what you get, yeah. yeah. You, but you, you had the, your time 13 months ago, and you blew it in mm. the good moment, though. He sings. And that's like a really good date. Yeah. Like going to a party with records and then and drink, eating dessert and then ending up on the couch, like making out or mm. screwing or whatever. Because there's know. a bit later where he talks about, yeah, now I'm just a footnote. But yeah. he says, I wish we could just make out. Like mm. he, he kind of like, even if we're not going to have the big part of the relationship, can, I, can we just have like the fun, cheap stuff? Yeah, really right. But the there's um, a harp or lap steel in there too. Mm -hmm. Like doing like playing with the guitar solo and then the the guitar it all drops back there there are at the end the song changes tempo completely but not in a moment there's overlapping bits of tempo there's one bit where they're yeah. playing different tempos over the top of each other and then one of them disappears the one that was there first disappears so it's like then, a tempo change which we've all seen and you know i normally love a good tempo change but normally it's a flow or is this just like two completely different things that he's just overdubbed on top of one another yep. and they exactly. overlap and he's just going, yeah, fuck it. So one guitar becomes alone. Yeah. And then the second guitar joins and then they ramp up for the outro, but then fade out. Mm -hmm. And it's like a really like a fun way of like getting the instruments to like play up, like to go from like partway through the track solo and then adding one by one by mm. one um to ramp it up yeah into a full band so weird yeah it's cool but that was like uh the longest song six mm. minutes 50 yeah because it's 13 months it's got that it's like a summary i know but he says it's 13 months and six minutes but actually six minutes 50 mm. so i'm gonna call him out and say <laughs> Factually actually, inaccurate. you're closer to seven minutes so it probably should have been called 13 months and seven minutes closest without going over maybe he's doing like prices right rules yeah this uh, is fine yeah, sure no um, running up there. We've talked about the ex-girlfriend, so quickly touch on ex-girl yes. collection. <laughs> um, singing about ex-girlfriends and how he's been seeing multiple women. And then my, it's just, yeah, I'm glad I've got, I know that they're self-aware because his whole thing, and I haven't got the lyrics of it, but it's like they find out about each other and then suddenly, why, why are they acting so crazy? I'm like, no, dude, 
This, you, you cannot this have been doing you, this. Is, why are you telling, you know, it's that whole calling women crazy when they react in a perfectly logical way to what the circumstances they're in. Because there is Anne, Brit, and Beth yeah. in that song. <laughs> and uh, no wonder they're pissed because, yeah. like, Anne finds Beth's letters yeah. and they're all kiss, kisses and Hugs stuff and, like yeah, yeah. and everything like that. And you're um, like, well, not surprised. There's something in there as well about, like, was I supposed to throw, like, he didn't think it would be weird for him to keep them or something? Like, yeah. it's, it's a throwback to She Sends Kisses. Yeah. Which is Beth's postcards. Exactly. Right. Where she's, you know, you know, sending him nice notes saying, I wish you all the best, but. Yeah. In, <laughs> in his defense, I've kept all my love notes from my whole life in a binder. And so I, and um, it's in the UK at the moment, but I'm going to the UK and I'm going to bring it back. And my partner is healthy enough that he is fine with my history and knows that I've been with other people. But I feel like in this. We'll come back to that. I feel like, it, <laughs> no. I feel like in this song, it's not history as much as like current. Present. Current or very like. Obviously, with you and your partner, that's very long history. Yeah. Whereas this feels like maybe stuff that was happening while she's been yeah. seeing him, sort of thing. So, but, but yeah, it's the vocals are whispered, mm-hmm. like yeah, so whispered, right spoken um, about. Yeah, about the girls that left him. Um, but yeah, like um, it was just a really nice change from this way the vocals usually were, and almost over each other as well mm-hmm. um, through that one. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Two stories going. Cool. Um, I did want to quickly touch on She Sends Kisses just because it's got one of my favourite yeah. lines from the album in there. Like a folksy, acoustic Americana. Um, and he sings. So just that idea of like these dudes who are like just bulking themselves up in mirrors and then like walking out there like that and the women around them are like getting oh my god it's this guy who acts like that but he doesn't because he's honed his appearance he's honed yeah. the act to, mm. a, to an exact thing and then yeah I thought it was really cool because it's a real lo-fi track with mm-hmm. like piano organ in there and twinkly guitar fat guitar lines um, and the lyrics I loved were um, uh, past seven rents which I'm imagining is a place um, I read your four answers your move I'm Trey involved move on love Beth <laughs> and I was just like yeah, yeah. like <laughs> like he's holding on to that one yeah. like four messages yeah. <laughs> Put all those in the cupboard. Oops, Anne's found them. Yeah. yeah. I will. Yeah, uh, cool. yeah, Anne found them later on in future songs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, um, like Beth, he talks about a lot, like sending kisses and stuff like that. So um, yeah, like he's not a fan. Mm-hmm. Looking yeah, at the time, yeah, yeah. Any other big things we want to hit on before we throw to Joe for a final pitch? Anything else you want to throw out there? No, you're good to go. I just like um, this is not what you had planned. At the end, like Oof. clearing, it clears its throat. Yeah, coughs, throat clearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the beginning. Then pick up the instruments. <laughs> then piano. So it's piano. Just the, yeah, so it's just the piano. It's got that real vibe of like we just pointed a mic at something and then the guy did it himself and then walked around and sat down in front of it and did a thing. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Just two verses, done. Yeah. That's yep. all. And one minute 37, just a way to outro the album. Mm hmm. So, so yeah, we will throw to you for a final well, pitch on why the Wrens Meadowlands is flawless. Look, I think that that album is flawless in its in its mystery. It's as I said, I've listened to it honestly more than a thousand times. We've talked about the lyrics making sense, but in in a lot of it, there's no there's not really any making sense mm-hmm. of some of the things in there. Some of it just it it reads not like nonsense but it sounds perfectly right and i think this um it's just a very it's, it's a very cleverly articulated um document of a feeling or a set of feelings that you maybe have to live with them for a long time and own them and put them down on a record and then be brave enough to put them out knowing that people are going to pour over those words and go, mm. you're not a very nice person. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a, I think there's an honesty and there's a directness 
And then, as you guys have alluded to in the music, there's a, there's a certain excitement in the music because it's unconventional. Mm -hmm. Nothing about this record really would be how you would make a record. Mm -hmm. You just wouldn't do it. You wouldn't you wouldn't make it that way. You wouldn't put it out that way. It shouldn't sound that way. But it's you know I just find it really powerful and I find it um, quite sort of quite comforting in a way because it's. Yeah, it's able to, it's able to put powerful, you know, regret and and disappointment and disillusionment and disenchantment, all those dis words, yeah. um, <laughs> into into something that that doesn't date. Yeah, you know, you can. It it didn't sound like two thousand and three when it came out, and it doesn't sound like two thousand and twenty two now, but it's still a you know for me a, a almost perfect piece of art nice cool yeah. cool george final yeah. thoughts on the wrens and a thumbs up or a thumbs down okay thank you so um i never heard wrens before um figured should have heard the wrens before like in the wheelhouse of me back when i was um 20 this is exactly what i should have been listening to so musically i found no fault with anything in this i loved drum clicks um, I loved uh, layered vocals. Um, I loved the way the guitars interplayed with each other. Um, and um, like, and there were bassy moments too. And I love good bass lines. And there were mm. moments where the bass was mirroring the vocals, um, which was like, it's an unusual thing to do. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, however, I couldn't actually get over the lyrical content from my perspective, I just figure, like, he was 35 at the point of writing this and he should have gotten over a lot of these things and not ah. been writing about Beth and Anne and Brit in such a negative way because I I get the feeling he didn't mask the names either. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we don't sure. know that. Well, I mean, like the, the drummer has that opening song where he says how terrible it was that he got a wife and kid and he's the only one in the group who has a wife and kid at that stage. So it's like... This is true. Who are you actually... Like, you're not... You should be hiding this a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, like, I figured... Um, the one moment where he owned up that he was living the lifestyle of a ninth of a seventeen year old, um, I thought was the most introspective and like perfect moment because he was owning it. But then he carried on um with his lyrical stylings of like being mad at women and all I wrote down was you're the common denominator here. <laughs> like these, really? wow, these women, okay. like judging by his lifestyle, yeah. um, these women weren't the problem. He was living in his heyday of being a musician, living in a shared house on 13 grand and wondering why they wanted something more. <laughs> and um, he was like really bitter and angry and stuff like that. At them. At them. And, and then he turned it into an album. Um, and like the reason why this really hit home for me is because I broke up with a guy and, and he wrote an entire EP about our breakup and left the CD on my doorstep, which Ouch. was just awkward as fuck. Mm -hmm. um, and you still so, have it? Uh, yeah. Um, so, so we got back together. Flawless. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we got back together for another mission, eighteen mission months. Accomplished. Yeah, well, yeah right. Um, he had to try and change some of the lyrics when they went on tour. It was awkward. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, from that perspective, and but he was only like twenty-one, um, and you can kind of forgive him. But at thirty-five, like I figured, <laughs> you should have moved kind on. Kind of forgive him. So basically, musically, I found this album to be completely flawless. Vocally, I thought his, he was absolutely excellent. But lyrically, I couldn't move past all of that kind of stuff. So it's not a flaws from me, but I'm really glad I listened to the Rens. Mm, cool. Grant, there you go. final thoughts and a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah. So also, um, totally blind, never heard these guys. Lots of luck. Um, about it, lots of double ticks where I... What I didn't like at the end, and it's it's you guys loved it. Thirteen months, what? Thirteen. Thirteen months in six months hours. In six, six minutes. minutes. 
And then why finish with this is not what you had planned? Oh, why, yeah. man? Why, why, why? You could eat. These guys could have stopped at everyone chases sides, choose the sides. Cool, sorted, no problems. But the you know, the last two tracks, and especially with the howling, as I've written here, <laughs> baby, as he's howling, and then he says, something's not right. This is not what you planned. Every time that... I play that and my wife hears it. She comes in and goes, what is that guy on about? Yeah. <laughs> and are, you, are you okay? It's, it's, it's the, it's the loop back to the, the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's the thing. It's like, you know, I can't believe what life's done to me at the beginning and at the end. Woe is me. This is not what I had planned. Mm. Uh, but it could of course listen. be a complete work of fiction. Of yeah. Course, yeah, correct. Sure. We don't, we don't know. And here we are talking about it. 19 years later which is scary in and of itself <laughs> so thank you for listening um, for bringing it it was cool I want to say no for those last two <laughs> thanks Joe cool um, yeah, yeah. so go. yeah we're running out of time so I'll be quick yeah same as Grant and George musically awesome loved all the instruments they were really cool loved the like just trying different things um, but I felt like they needed a producer to come in and just a couple of the edges just stand them down a little bit. And just like, why are you doing this? So the big ones for me were the last one where he screams the last couple of lines and it gets loud, it's loud and loud. And I'm just like, my ears are like busting now. Like, why are you doing Like, why is it so loud? And then the sirens that we talked about before, at the start of one of the songs, like they just, it didn't, it didn't bring anything to me. I was just like, it just needed, I think they, they I think they were worried that a producer might change their sound or they were, they had an idea of what they wanted it to be. And they're like, we'll stick to that and not, but I think they could have got a producer who would have helped them find the sound and still just take off a couple of things that felt like they were deliberately antagonizing the okay. people. And I didn't like that they were like, <laughs> it felt like they put things on there to say to people, we don't care if you like this bit or not. We know it's going to be uncomfortable for mm -hmm. you, which is the sirens and the loudness and some of the just little bits here and there. So it was sort of, okay. yeah, loved it to death. Like thought it was really, really good. But yeah, I wouldn't call it flawless. But Excellent. thank you very much for bringing it along. Yeah, it's my great pleasure. Thank you very much. Yes. And we want to thank everyone for listening. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we are Flawless AMP on all of those. So you can join the conversation, share or like our posts, and give us a rating. Every little bit helps us to find more music lovers like you. As mentioned, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash flawless AMP. If you'd like to back us, please check that out. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.